epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Cassius Winston and Anthony Cowan Jr., two Big Ten stars, as part of our senior showcase. Um, cannot say enough what these two players meant to their respective programs. Two seniors had an incredible impact on college basketball. Cassius Winston, what can we say? Um, there have been great point guards that have come through Michigan State. Uh, There's no question that Cassius Winston will go down as one of the best. Uh, Didn't win a national title the way Magic and Mateen Cleaves did, but I think he would have had a great shot this past season. And regardless, I think he would be looked at as one of the top three, top five point guards ever to play at Michigan State. Helped elevate this program. The win over Duke in the Elite Eight last year to get to the Final Four was epic. Um, His connection with Tom Izzo going from a player that, you know, we didn't know how good he was going to be to becoming an elite national player of the year candidate was just a tremendous accomplishment. And then, of course, this past season, what what he went through, there are no words, there's no script. Losing his brother, Zachary, earlier in the season, having to play through that, sharing his grief publicly, uh, it, it's, I mean, no one has to go through that. And he did it with class, um, and, and you can't say it's a model for those to come because everyone handles grief differently. But he handled it just unbelievable. I guess I guess keep going back to the word class and dignity. Everything about Cassius was done, I think, in the right way. Um, he just handled himself. He had humility uh, at times in, that he needed to. Um, great leader. Uh, was able to calm, you know, the staff down if they got agitated. I mean, he was the pulse of that program and really became the face of the team over the last two seasons, uh, an honor to cover him. And I know we're going to miss him terribly in college basketball. We only wish him the best. So let's get to our interview with Michigan state's Cassius Winston. Cassius had an unbelievable career with the Spartans from his freshman year to his senior year, representing the university uh, himself, his family, his staff, uh, with a tremendous class. I think that's the word that I keep coming up with when describing you, Cassius. Um, so a lot, a little number of things to unpack here. Let's first deal with uh, overall, when you think about your career at Michigan State, what first pops in your mind? What first pops in my mind, thinking about my overall career? Uh, growth. Uh, I'd say that's the first thing that pops in my mind. Uh, just 
what who I was and what I was as a freshman to what I've become as a, as a senior. You know, it's been about growth. It's been about me growing as a person on and off the floor the entire time. When you arrived at Michigan State, what, what did you think your career could look like? Uh, I thought I was going to be a pretty good player. Like, I, I knew I could help the team win some games. Uh, I knew I could help the team win in a, in a lot of different ways. So I thought I was going to be a, a good player, uh, have a chance to go play somewhere after, you know, after my times there. What was your relationship like with uh, Coach Izzo when you first started? It was a little rocky at first. Uh, just like I said, he was he was new. You know what I'm saying? He was a new type of person. Uh, his coaching style was new to me. Uh, it took me a while to, to kind of understand him, to, to get where he was coming from as a coach, as a person. So, you know, once I took that time to get to know him, uh, get to know him as a person, you know, it kind of things uh, got better from there. You know, I, I always think that um, there's that line, you know, you can be demanding, not demeaning. Uh, and we've seen plenty in the last 30 years of coaches who have way overstepped that. Um, you know, I, what I love about Coach Izzo is he's demanding, and yet every player I know who has played for him loves him unconditionally after. And, you know, the the response of players who come back to that program, uh, you see it every time you go to a game, uh, you know, certainly saw it at the Hall of Fame, um, that that legacy you know, is, is definitely unrivaled. Uh, what is it about his ability to be demanding and not demeaning that, that tough love that keeps players coming back and wanting to, to run through that wall for him? Yeah. Uh, I think it's off the court, you know, off the court, he's a, he's a, a great guy, you know, it's genuine. He genuinely cares for his players. Uh, he wants the best for you. He, he looks out for you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Making sure that you're okay, checking on you, all type of things that a lot of places like you just don't, you don't get that attention from the guy in charge. You know, he he does it from the best player to the team all the way to the walk-ons on the team. You know, he looks out and he cares for his guys. And, you know, that, that type of, that type of respect, you know, the respect we have for him, uh, respect for all he's done for us, you know, that never goes away. So, you know, a guy like that, you know, you continue to fight for, you continue to vouch for because all he's done for you and, you know, the program. As you were talking about that that growth and that maturity that you went through, what what was the hardest thing for you to get to to cross that line to be that player that you thought you could be as well as Coach Izzo? I would say consistency. You know, it's you know it's easy to do it in spurts. Uh, it's easy to be the best player on the floor at you know for a couple minutes, but if you're able to do it every day in practice, every time you step out on the floor. You know, just consistently playing at your at your best, you know, that's hard to do. So, you know, once you learn and grow to that point, you know, that's when your game starts to take off. All right. So you played with a number of, you know, all Big Ten type players um, and, and you had to sort of adjust a lot of injuries, um, you know, dealing with players uh, that, you know, left early for the NBA draft. What skill set do you think that you possessed during your career at Michigan State that allowed you to adjust like that over the four years? Uh, just being able to, to make plays. You know, that I pride myself on being able to make plays no matter who's out there on the floor. You know, just being able to adjust to, to the people around me. Uh, sometimes we got more talented guys than others. Other times certain guys have certain skills that some may not have. So, you know, you just got to learn how to make plays, uh, always learn to make the right play. And once you do that, everything else kind of take care of itself. All right. In the Big Ten, who was the toughest player for you to score against? Toughest player for me to score against? Uh, I would say the toughest player was uh, No Joe Easter. 
from Purdue. Uh, he's just, he's big, strong, solid. Uh, didn't really go for much. So he's probably the one you got to work the hardest to score on. All right, let's flip it around. Who gave you the most challenges when you were defending that player? Most challenges. Uh, I don't know, my favorite player to guard was probably Cowan. Uh, just, you know, him being able to shoot, how quick he was, you know, how big he was for his team. So he's probably my, one of my favorite ones to guard. All right, now I've got a list here. Let's see if you agree. Or I, I want to hear yours, though. This is a little off the cuff. Your top five games that you played in. Top five games that I played in. I've got a list. I can start. I can bounce some of these off you unless they're those that come right to your head. Go ahead. Let me hear your list. All right. So we've got Ohio State this year, last regular season game. Yeah, that that that's definitely in there. That's that's that might be the most memorable one. So that's definitely in there. Why is that? Like I said, just the final game, my time there, playing for a Big Ten championship. Like it just felt like everything I did on my career kind of built up to that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just it felt like it was all worth it in that little in that little moment right there. Sidebar to that. You kiss the floor, and I love that moment at the Breslin Center. Um, how planned was that? Uh, I'm not too planned. Like you, you know, it's coming. Uh, it's, it's it's a little nasty. Like just the whole idea of kissing the floor. So, but you got to do it. You know, what I'm saying it's part of being a Spartan dog. So, like you just you you preparing yourself mentally. Like oh, I got to go kiss this floor. So you're thinking about it, but it, it don't really hit you until you're actually doing it. All right, on this list, I've got four Michigan games. I don't know if they all make it. You got the Big Ten title game. You got both Michigan games, not this season, the year before. And you got Michigan this year. Um, I don't know if you remember those games, if you want to have them in your top five. Which ones do you remember? I remember the one for the championship, not the Big Ten tourney, but the other one at the Breslin. Yep. That was crazy. That got to be up there. Just because, like I said, all oh, that was riding on the game. All right. Yeah, 23 and seven that game. That was the game. That, yep. In, uh, in 2019. Yeah, that was crazy. So I'll put that one up there. And I mean, I had to put the one from this year up there too because I that went crazy. Like I think that was probably my best individual performance in my time at Michigan State. Thirty-two and nine. All right. So what do we got? Uh, that's at least that's four. Well, I know one of these may be one or two. Duke Elite Eight. Yep. See, Duke got to be up there too. What do you love about that one? We weren't supposed to win the game. You know what I mean? Like it just it was, it felt like us against the world. Uh, I feel like nobody really picked our side to win that game. Only people that believed us were the people in the locker room. So it was a it was a great feeling to kind of like put your mind together and say like we're gonna win this game. Like it don't matter. We don't really need nobody to believe in us. We believe in ourselves. Like we got each other and to go out there and actually do that. Like it's just you know what I'm saying. That's like a perfect perfect story. So that that was sweet. That was kind of that was a good feeling. At what point did you feel so comfortable and confident that when they needed? To break a run, a big shot, you were comfortable taking it. I think that was just all my maybe to since like the end of my sophomore year, going forward. Like I just I felt comfortable in my game, uh, felt comfortable in my position on the team, my role on the team. Like that's just those the moments I kind of live for. It's the moment that's the moments I enjoy. So I felt comfortable with what I was doing out there. So this season obviously was like no other for, you know, all of us at the end. Um, but at the beginning, uh, I mean, you went through something that there's no script for. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, how are you doing? I mean, this is now, what is it, six months later? I'm just trying to, five, maybe, maybe five months later since yeah. your brother Zachary's passing in November. Um, I mean, how, how are you doing right now? Uh, I'm all right. You know, just 
hanging, spending time with my family, uh, just going through it together. Like I said, every day is a different battle. Every day is a different struggle. But, you know, we got each other. So so that's all we really need. And, you know, we're making it work. I mean, going through that publicly, um, no one does that because it, it's just so, you know, just to have it so public. I, I still can't get over. And you look back now, do you, do you look, do you think about, how hard it was to actually play basketball during that grieving process? Oh, uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It was awful. Just like I said, every day is different. Uh, things that you thought you enjoy, you don't anymore. Like it's just, it's, it's a battle of a lot of things at one time. Uh, and then constant, like I said, it was so public that people constantly reaching out to you, people constantly talking to you, people constantly reminding you. Like it's just, it was, it's a lot to kind of battle at one time and still trying to play. At, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and I still had to play at Michigan State at the highest level. I was a key part of the team, so to kind of balance all that at one time was was difficult. How close were you? And no one would have bought. No one, no one on this earth would have faulted you if you said, "You know what? I need time. I need to be away." How close were you to to making that kind of decision? Uh, I don't. I don't think I was close to doing that because I needed. Like I said, I needed to play the game. You know what I mean? That was kind of my. The only, the only moments I did get a break was when I was out there playing and when I was on the floor. Like, it just, that was a moment for my mind to be clear. So, you know, it was more of everything outside of the game that was kind of, you know, dragging and uh, making it difficult. But once, you know, I got out there and I was able to play, you know, it was just almost like an outlet. Because I remember, you know, Maui, I was at the Duke game. I mean, all those games, I'm sure, initially after had to have been sort of just a blur of blending together for you. I mean, do you remember at what point you at least were able to, to get past, not that you're ever over it, but it's just like to the past where you felt even a little bit more comfortable on the court. Yeah. But it wasn't until maybe a couple of months after where I felt like actually myself on the court, uh, you know, all the other times it was just me. I was just going out there and playing because that's what I was supposed to do. But uh, it wasn't until like a couple months after where I actually got to enjoy being out there and, you know, actually getting back to being myself. So much deeper into the Big Ten season. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Your support group, um, the staff, your your teammates, the community, uh, when you think back of how they kept you, you know, in that bubble, um, you know, how, how critical was that for you? Uh, they did a great job of just, like I said, being there for for me when I needed to. If I needed to cry, they were there for me. If I needed somebody to take my mind away from things, like they were there for me. Uh they did they did an amazing job all the way through from coaches, players, even outside staff, but just being there for me, supporting me and you know, guiding me through this, you know, through this process that nobody had really been through. You know what I'm saying? So we was all kind of figuring it out with each other. How are your parents doing? They're doing all right. Like I said, every day is a, a new obstacle. Every day is a is a new fit. You know, this, this pandemic that we're all going through, I, I, you know, being, having family around, uh, we're all hanging around together. Um, you know, how much have you been able to sort of just be with your close group? Uh, I know you're, you're back in East Lansing, but during this time. A lot, you know, I see my parents a lot. My brother's living with me. So, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with each other, just being in each other's presence. And, And lastly, Cassius, um, during this time, um, you know, as you're preparing for that next level, what have you been able to do uh, just to, for another outlet to, to be able to work out, uh, which obviously is not easy for anyone right now? Yeah, uh, just actually I, the Bresden, I've been able to get in the Bresden and work out, do my conditioning and stuff like that. So I'm able to stay in shape, uh, things like that. But a lot of video games, a lot of movies, 
a lot of TV shows. Just like I said, enjoying being here. You know what I'm saying? Enjoying my, enjoying this presence, enjoying my family, enjoying the time to kind of just, you know, wind down after the years. You know what I'm saying? After a crazy year, a lot of things happening. And I know things going to pick back up again pretty soon. So just enjoying this time to kind of relax, you know, reset my mind and get ready for this next journey. And overall, Cash, um, your legacy at Michigan State, you know, it's it's locked in. You're, you're going to be, your name's going to be up there. You're one of the greatest, I think, that has played that position with Magic Mateen. Um, I, I'm just curious what the sport, college basketball, when you look back on four years, what can you say it meant to you? It meant the world to me. You know, uh, as a kid growing up, you know what I'm saying, it was always my dream to play at this level. And, you know, I didn't even think about accomplishing all the things that I did accomplish at the level. But to come to Michigan State, uh, travel all over the world, play against the best competition in the world, play in front of the best fans in the world. Like, a kid in my situation couldn't dream of a better thing happening in my life than that. So, you know, coming to Michigan State was one of the best decisions I made in my life. And, you know, I don't regret one, one, one bit of it. When you get to the NBA, you're going to wear the headband? Yeah, of course. I'm going to keep wearing the headband forever. <laughs> it's your trademark. Uh, that's for sure. Well, Cassius, you know I love covering you, and I wish you only the best in everything you do. I know you'll be successful. Uh, most importantly, stay safe, okay? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You too. All right, time for my Cats Ranks Top 5 Games for Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Start at number five. One of the best ever here. Ohio State, last regular season game, last game that Cassius Winston would play. 27 and 6 in East Lansing. Ends the game by kissing the floor at the Breslin Center. At number four. Happy for you guys. Happy for Cassius. Just a good day. A year ago, beating Michigan at home to win the regular season, 23-7. and Great win for Cassius Winston. Obviously a great sign of what was to come for Michigan State in the postseason. Number three. As the Michigan State Spartans come to Ann Arbor and score themselves an incredibly gritty seven-point win. At Michigan last year, 27-7. and seven. So the two Michigan games, great for Cassius Winston uh, this past, uh, this, the previous season. Not this season, the previous season. Number two. Michigan State is on a roll. Seven straight wins for the Spartans. A new career high for Cassius Winston. I'm going to keep a Michigan trend going here. Against Michigan this year, at home, 32-9. and 32-9 against Michigan this year. And at number one... And Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis! And how about the guy that ended up with the ball, that decimated the defense, Cassius Winston. He doesn't punch like the champ, but he can maneuver that body. With the best of them. The Elite Eight matchup in Washington, D.C. Michigan State Duke. Duke, the favorite. They're the team everyone's expecting to get to the Final Four. Uh Uh-uh. Cassius Winston leads Michigan State to a victory over Duke, win the Elite Eight in D.C., get to the Final Four with 20 points, 
and 10. 20 and 10. What an effort for Cassius Winston. Tremendous. Those are my top five for Cassius Winston. Anthony Cowan Jr., local kid, helped Mark Turgeon elevate the Maryland basketball program, uh, taking it from where Mello Trimble had helped him, you know, sort of uh, get into the throes of the Big Ten. And then Anthony Cowan Jr. uh, helps lead Maryland in another resurgence into the NCAA tournament two seasons ago. And then this past season, getting a share of the Big Ten regular season title. I was there for his last game as the net is around his neck. He's holding up that trophy. Uh, the, The hug that Mark Turgeon and Anthony Cowan Jr. had was just, I mean, it was incredibly emotional. It was intense. There was so much passion that Cowan had for this program, Turgeon for Cowan, vice versa. Of course, they had their ups and downs as a point guard and a senior, the whole thing. I loved being there for that moment. So we're going to hear from Anthony Cowan what it meant to play at Maryland, what it meant to play for Mark Turgeon, and everything in between over the course of his freshman to senior seasons. He leaves with a great legacy. At some point, I believe his name will be up at the rafters in College Park. Um, in these crazy times that we're all living through right now, uh, eight weeks later, whatever it is, I mean, how, how much closure can you have knowing that your last game, at least, was a championship event uh, to win a share of the Big Ten regular season title? Just this whole time with just um, being able to really sit down and think think things through and think about things, how um, stuff has came about. It just came so fast. Um, but. Um, but then, like just like you said, I was able to go out um, as a winner, as a champion. So um, I couldn't really ask for my career to end any better than that. Uh, you know, this team certainly would have been a team that could have contended for the Final Four in the national championship. So in a game of what if, uh, what do you think the potential was of your group? Yeah, I, I think the sky's the limit. I think, I think we could have done a lot. Um, I think we definitely had the talent. Uh, we obviously had the coaching. Um, yeah, that's... That's the one thing. That's the one thing I try. I try not to do now is, is have the have the what ifs, and because you can you can you can have what ifs for all day long. But um, but now I think the, I thought the skies was the limit. We'll never know. But we went all on top, so all all good. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, you were from the area in you know in Maryland. Um, this was ultimately you know a dream situation that played out like that. But when you were coming out of high school. Why did you want to play at Maryland? Yeah, people think I'm lying when I say I really had a vision, like my junior year of high school. Um, but just staying home, um, already it was already a really good guard. Melo Tremble was already here, and he was really making a lot of noise for um, the hometown school. And I just seen the momentum and the direction it was going, and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and also trying to also make it go to the next level as well. And um, I felt like I was I was able to do so. The relationship with Mark Turgeon, uh, you know, I, I think back to that hug in that game against Michigan when you came out. You didn't want to come out, if I remember. You want to milk every second there, but that was that was like a genuine hug between the two of you. Um, how do you how do you, how would you describe the relationship that you that you guys had? Yeah, it's special. Um, he he was he was one that always believed in me and saw something in me. Was able to put the ball in my hands really early and allowed allow me to play the, res- the mistakes and. Um, just allowed me to get a real good grasp of college basketball and allowed me to 
get the platform to play it at a high level. So uh, I'm always, always be appreciative of Coach Turge. Um, the relationship is always going to be there. It's always, I'm just, I always think about the time, like I, I go away for a little minute, minute, hopefully playing in the next level. And when I come back, just having that, just have that bond back with him. All right. So it, it, it couldn't have been all smooth. Um, you know, how did you guys get through some of the, the natural, you know, rocky parts that would happen, you would think, unless you're going to tell me otherwise, um, you know, especially between a coach and a point guard. Right. No, it was super rocky, especially in the, in the beginning when you're a freshman point guard just trying to do whatever you can do to, to make your coach happy. Um, it was definitely rocky, but um, it was it was just times I just had to sit back and understand that I, he's, he's coached me to try to get me better. And that and that definitely that definitely helped me out, helped me out and um, allowed me to keep progressing. How were you able to navigate the various uh, key players that rotated through? I mean, from, you know, Kevin Herter to Bruno Fernando to, to Jalen Smith. Um, you had to deal with guys leaving early for the draft, newcomers, uh, you know, guys that had cycled out because their eligibility had, had exhausted. Uh, how were you able to still lead this group over that four-year period? Yeah, I know who, who who was ever on the court with me. I was going to make sure they get they gave me 110% just like I was going to do the same for them. Um, and we found, we got a group that really bought in and really um, uplifted the culture. So now it was always exciting playing with new players. The Maryland fan base, uh, when they are there, um, and I know there were times early that, you know, the, the, the crowds weren't as good, but then they started to really come back the way it used to be there. Um, what is it like to play in front of that fan base? Yeah, I mean, I always tell people you don't really get the full experience unless you're actually actually there. I mean, TV on TV really it doesn't do any justice. Just um, seeing how committed and how um, ecstatic our fans get. I mean, it's it's definitely a sight a, a sight worth seeing and something I'll never forget. Well, especially that uh, when the flag comes down with the student body. All right, all right. It can't. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. You name another school doing it like this. Now you when that happens, you're in a huddle. Yeah. Um, how often have you looked over and watched it? Oh no, I do it every time. I'm in, I'm in the huddle. I'm locked in, but I definitely need to just people over there just a little bit. It's something, it's something about that, that, that time of the game. It's like because they usually put it out basically when it's about to really get crunch time in the game, and that's when it really when you're supposed to turn things on. So no, I'm, I'm definitely looking over when it, when it comes up. All right, so now I'm gonna try to have you go back here. It's gonna be hard. Uh, I need you to help me think of your five best games or your five favorite games. It could be either that you played in. Ooh, that's, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I can think of one for sure on the road this season, but I want to see if you go there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you're talking about this season or in or all your whole career. Years. If you want to do just this season, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go all for year. Um, my first one would definitely be, um, at, uh, at Illinois, my freshman year, I think that's when I first had like my first little career high. Um, really, kind of early in the early in the um, in the Big Ten regular season, so I'm just getting my feet wet, and I finally have a really good game. That really game, that game really made me understand I can really play at this level. Um, then my second one would be my sophomore year. We played Butler. I had a had a had a big shot. Um, number three, probably the game against Illinois this year, just because how crazy the atmosphere was and how important the game was for them. Um, their fans really came and really was loud that game, and, and it took a lot for us to win that game, but that was definitely one of the tougher games. By the way, both Illinois games this past season were crazy. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I was getting, and then obviously the four and five. I, I, I mean the one and two. I really can't, I really can't ever uh, answer this one. But Illinois, Illinois, and that Michigan State. Those are definitely the ones that sticks out as my favorite. Well, let's dive deeper in there. What, why, why the Illinois home game that was in December, and then the road Michigan game, Michigan State game later in the season. Yeah, Illinois game just because we had no business winning that game. I mean, I think we was down the whole game. I think down fifteen. Um, yeah, we was down the whole game. Nothing was really going for us. We was we just looked bad. Like, and I remember looking back at the film, like, what are we doing? Like, we just looked bad. We had no business. And then I was saying, I look up and we're up one. So um, that game definitely sticks out. And then Michigan State, just uh, what I just said about the Illinois game, how we was down. Uh, we had no business winning that game. Michigan State had a really really tough second half, but we was able to um, overcome and um, make some plays. Well, you were just on fire in the last couple of minutes. Um... You, you know, at what point in your career did you feel that empowerment to say, you know what, if we need a big shot, I'm confident to take it. Even if I miss it, I'm okay to take that shot. It was my the sophomore year uh, against Butler. Um, we it was a, it was already a good game. We was it was going back and forth, and then I hit like a, a pretty far three that really uh, really closed the game for him. Um, and I think that's when it really hit me. Like sophomore, I was really I could really play at a high level. All right. I asked this to Lamar Stevens of Penn State. So not to be negative here. So I'm going to be in more of a positive way here. Toughest player in the Big Ten for you to try to score against. Who was it? Toughest player to score against. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go probably Aaron Henry from Michigan State. Why is that? Uh, just because he's length. Um, he's also quick. Um, he plays real physical. Um and he knows how to use his body well to get through screens and stuff like that. So he definitely makes it tough for you to even catch the ball at times. So definitely him. All right, flip it around. Who was the hardest for you to guard? Hardest for me? Uh, I would say um, people are going to be like, wow. But it was the I think it was the guard from Iowa, um, Toussaint. Oh, this year, Joey Toussaint. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was really good. Um, that was a guard that really – Obviously, because of me, Cassius, Xavier, he didn't really get as much talked about, but um, he's definitely a guard. And Rocket as well. He's all the, all those, both young guards that are really going to, I feel like, going to take over the big thing. All right. So you mentioned those two names. Um, you had great games again. I mean, in terms of highly competitive against those teams during your career, what was it like to compete against Cassius Winston and Xavier Simpson? Yeah, no, it was great just because it was two it was two players that really um that really came in the same 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 year as you and you've seen them progress over the years. So you just wanted to make sure um that you was doing the same. So them two really pushed me to um push my games to new heights. So um I appreciate them and I and I reached out to them now just to just to just to, just to tell them that just to travel up with them. So um it was always it was, it's a good relationship with them. All right, the Maryland extended family. Uh, how connected during the course of your career uh, did you become to that Juan Dixon, Stevie Blake championship era, or maybe players after, obviously, like Grievous Vasquez or players even before? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I didn't have that great of a relationship just because they've, uh, they've, they've, they've had other stuff going on. Obviously, Co uh, Juan is that coaching at um, Coppin State. Um, and then Steve Blake is, you know, he was coaching as well. So, but when they come, they definitely is definitely um, just a genuine, just um, appreciative appreciation of both of, of both of, of each other. Um, and it's always a blessing, especially for Steve Blake to come back. 
Um, I was able to ask him some questions and um, he was able to drop some knowledge on me. So um, it's always great. It was always great for them to come back. So that'll be you, obviously, in the future here. What do you hope your legacy is at Maryland? Yeah, I mean, just just win. I think when you think about legacy, just winning, um, which is I think is the most important thing, winning and relationship. Um, I think those two come hand in hand. Um, and I think that's something I definitely um, make sure that I try to do uh, in my time. Make sure I'm I'm building these relationships with all types of people coming out of my comfort zone, and then obviously trying to do whatever I can do to make sure I'm winning for our, our, our program. And you stayed all four years. Uh, like those other players you just mentioned, uh, when you look back at the impact college basketball had on you, what is it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was huge in terms of my development. Um, I think not only off off the court, even not even on the court, but off the court as well. I mean, I think college basketball teaches you um, time management, teaches you how to be competitive. Um, so it teaches you so much, and I think I definitely needed um, college basketball, especially for my growth um, as a young as a young man. All right, and finally, most importantly, uh, hopefully you're you know you're staying safe. You're you're still in the College Park area. Um, how have you been able to, you know, even work out during this shutdown as you try to sort of focus on what's next for you professionally? Yeah, um, obviously still working out, um, doing all them little things, and then I'm I'm looking on the media side. I'm coming, starting up, starting my own podcast. Um, what we'll be talking about is just like things you asked about the college basketball and stuff. Uh, We'll have some really good guests coming on on there, so um, definitely be be a fun time. But not definitely putting a lot of uh, work right now into my podcast. All right. Well, look, anytime you need a guest, you call me. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. <laughs> now nah, we're gonna get. I need you for the special guest, special guest episode. All right, sounds good. Well, Anthony, uh, it was a pleasure, obviously, covering you. Uh, we appreciate it here, March Madness, and everything else. Uh, stay safe, uh, and you have left quite a legacy for the Terps. For sure, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, time for my Cats Ranks with Maryland's Anthony Cowan. We're going to do the top five games from Anthony Cowan. All right, let's start at number five. Cowan with a career-high 30 points. Back in 2019, scored 30 points against Temple in Orlando on Thanksgiving Day. I say back in 2019. That's earlier this season. But certainly an exceptional performance down in Orlando uh, at that tournament uh, around Thanksgiving. At number four. Cowan. Contested three. The it doesn't matter if you contest Anthony Cowan tonight. Anthony Cowan, January 30th, a few months ago, 31-6-6. Six six. That's six boards, six assists against Iowa. At number three. And Maryland gets out of D.C. in dramatic fashion. We're going to go back to 2016. In November, Cowan made four free throws in the final 20 seconds to beat rival Georgetown in his freshman year. That really was his coming out party. Uh, and first of all, you know, the Maryland sidebar, Maryland-Georgetown rivalry, let's please get that back. The new trend in college basketball, especially now, is going to be more regional games. Let's continue that. Let's get those two teams to play quite a bit. It's an easy game, easy bus trip. Let's do it. All right, number two. It'll be Cowan for three again. Wow. Big time player. What a win for the Turks. February 15th, this past season, at Michigan State, 
He scored the final 11 points. That was supposed to be sort of a coronation for Michigan State. Maryland goes in there, wins in East Lansing, completely shocks the Spartans, and shifted the entire just, you know, direction of the Big Ten title race at that point. Ultimately, Michigan State, Maryland, and Wisconsin tied for the Big Ten title. And a number one for Anthony Cowan. Cowan gives Maryland its first lead since 3-2. to Maryland wins! A furious comeback in the opener! Also came this season, but early in the season, December 7th, I remember listening to this game. I was driving back with Robbie Hummel from the Wisconsin-Indiana game down to Chicago. We're listening to this game. Illinois, Maryland, in College Park. He hits a deep three to tie the game, comes up with a steal, and then a game-winning free throw. Tremendous, tremendous game sequence to win it for Maryland. So those are my top five for Anthony Cowan. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. We hope that over the last couple of weeks, hearing from these seniors during our senior showcase has provided you some insight onto what these seniors did and uh, put in in terms of hard work over the course of their four-year career. A lot of sacrifice, uh, certainly going through injuries, uh, transition, whether it was roster turnover, getting their teams to the NCAA tournament. Uh, achieving unbelievable goals at their respective universities and really leaving a lasting legacy. It was a tremendous senior class this past season in college basketball. As always, we really appreciate you downloading our podcast, keeping engaged with everything we're doing on all our social media handles. Stay safe, everyone. 